sing and pick and even grin. And we ought to be thankful that they are part of our body at the exciting southeast. And uh, man, it's just going to be fun. Are you about ready? Oh, you're ready. You're not about ready. You're ready. And it popped off this ear. You have no, you guys don't know how many times I touched that thing. Like, I hope this thing ain't on. Like, please don't be on because I can't sing a lick. Well, please take your Bibles and turn to Luke and chapter 22, and we'll begin reading in verse 54. And while you're turning there, I'll take time. On the end there is my brother Ryan, and then my cousin Kaylee, and my other brother Cooper. Now, Cooper and Ryan aren't blood related to me, but. They're at the house every day, so eating food and stuff. So they're basically family. When I titled this message, I titled it The Takeoff, because if you hear my pastor, Brother Marty Brock, preach, when he goes to end a sermon, he says, I'm going to land the plane. Well, since this is my first sermon I ever wrote, I named it The Takeoff because it is my takeoff into ministry. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 54 it says, Then took they him, talking about Jesus, and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were sat down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maiden beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. God, be with us tonight. The Lord, use me as just a mouthpiece, Lord. And just speak through me, Lord, that we, your servants, will hear. And just move in a mighty way. In God's precious name, amen. Point number one is don't be a careless Christian. In verse 54 it says, Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. Peter was trying to keep Jesus at a distance. He did not care about getting any closer to Jesus because of the fear of being spotted. In today's world, Christians don't want to get no closer to Jesus because of the fear of being spotted. And they got sin in their life. They just don't want to give up. So they don't want to get no closer. They want to be double-minded. They want to follow Jesus, but they want to serve themselves. God don't, in the Word of God, don't call us to be that way. It says, seek the Lord and His strength and seek His face continually. That means constantly be trying to get closer to the Lord. Constantly be trying to get closer to the Lord. James, in chapter 4, in verse 8, it says, draw, to, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. It says, cleanse your hands. It means, clean up your acts. Don't be watching things you shouldn't be watching. Don't be saying words that you shouldn't be saying. And don't be going places you shouldn't go. And don't be listening to things you shouldn't be listening to. Clean up your acts. And then it says, purify your hearts. Well, Jesus talks about our hearts as being like a house. And it says in Revelations 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
And if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. And I will sup with him and he with me. So many times when we get saved, we invite Christ into our hearts. But we'll take him and we'll put him in one room and tell him to stay there. This, I heard a preacher talk about this and he called it the good room. He said it's usually at the front of the house and it's got a big window out front to where other people can walk by and go, man, that guy's got God in his life. He's clean. But the rest of the house is filthy in sin. It says to purify our hearts. How do we do that? It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, that is opening up the door and we ask God, will you forgive me? And he will. And then he'll come through and he'll clean you. He will purify you if you'll just let him. Don't be a careless Christian. Care about getting closer to Christ. Care about getting closer to Christ. Don't, next, don't be a compromising Christian. In verse 55 it says, And when they kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Peter was trying to blend in with the world. He was trying to blend in with them. In today's world, the world wants Christians to blend in with them. And he wants us to compromise the Word of God. They want us to take the Word of God and bend it to how they want it to be. A good example of this is in Daniel in chapter 3, where King Nebuchadnezzar makes a golden image and he makes a decree that says, uh, when the music plays, everybody must fall down and worship the golden image. And if they don't, they'll be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Well, so he sets up the statue, and the music begins to play, and everybody starts to fall down and worship this golden image. Except for three men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did not bow. Well, the, some men seen him, went and told the king, and said, King, these men don't serve your gods, and... They, don't wor- they won't worship your golden image. And so the king said, bring them to me. And he asked him, is it true that you don't serve my gods? And that you won't worship my golden image? And who is this God that could deliver you from my hand? And they said, we are not careful in answering you in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But, it, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve your, thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They're saying, they said, we will not compromise the word of God, because they knew that God said, thou shalt not have any other gods before me, and thou shalt not worship any graven image. They knew the word of God and they said, we will not compromise. And King Nebuchadnezzar got mad. And he said, heat the fiery furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been heated. And bring me my best guards to bind them, to tie them up and to throw them in. And so they did. And when they threw them in the fiery furnace, the fire was so hot it killed the guards that threw them in. And then King Nebuchadnezzar looked in the fire. And it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and rose up in haste. 
and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. They did not burn. Now I want you to notice that God did not take the fire away from them. He just took them through the fire. In our lives, sometimes we face storms and we're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but we need to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord no matter what. And it says they have no hurt. God, God protected them in the midst of the fire. He'll protect you in the midst of your storms. He protected them. And then it said, the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. It said that God used the fire to show himself to King Nebuchadnezzar. When we're going through a storm, God can use that storm if you would just say, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to stay strong for the Lord. God can use that storm and people on the outside can look and go, that man's got God in his life and God's protecting him. I want to serve that God. I want to serve that God that can take me through that storm. I want to serve him. Don't be a compromising Christian. Second, or thirdly, don't be a cowardly Christian. It says in verse 56 and 57, But a certain maiden beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. Peter was filled with fear. He didn't know what these people might say, and he didn't know what these people might do. In today's world, Christians don't want to stand up and be bold for the Lord because we're afraid of what people might say and what people might do if we stand up for the Lord. But God says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I want you to notice it says, God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is us relying on our own strength. If we rely on our own strength, we're sure to fail. But it says, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. We need to rely on His power and His strength. And we can be bold for Him if we'll just rely on His power. In Psalms 23 and verse 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff that comfort me. Another way of saying that is, I will fear no evil, for God is with me, and God will comfort me, and He will protect me. The man who wrote that was David. David knew the power of God. In 1 Samuel 17 and verse 45, David is standing before Goliath. And I have no doubt in my mind that David is scared. But he says this to Goliath. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the, ar- the, ar- the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. He say- David's basically saying, Goliath can beat me, but I am not coming and being bold on my own strength. My strength can't defeat Goliath, but God's power can. And I come in the name of the Lord. So I have... Or I have come with something much stronger than a sword and much stronger than a spear. I serve the God, or I, I'm relying on the power of God to get me through. He knew that he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. 
In today's world, we face many problems that look like giants to us. That look, and we want to run and we want to hide. And we want to say, I can't face that. On your own strength, you can't. On your own strength, you can't. But if you just rely on the Lord's power, He can defeat that problem. Because the way Brother Marty put it to me when we were going over this is, Everybody else was looking at Goliath on how much bigger Goliath was than them. But David was looking at Goliath on how much smaller he was than God. We need to look at our problems as, hey, this might seem big to me, but if I just turn it over to God, he can handle it because he's twice the size this thing is. Don't be a cowardly Christian. Be bold for Christ. And rely on his strength and his power to get you through. If we go through the life of Peter, we kind of fast forward through the life of Peter. We see him and the disciples get filled with the Holy Spirit. And God chooses Peter to preach on the day of Pentecost, where 3,000 gave their hearts and souls to Jesus Christ. I think it's safe to say he wasn't a cowardly Christian. He realized the power of God. Because this is the same man who denied Christ. Now, where did he realize the power of God? Well, he watched Jesus die on a cross. He watched him raise from the dead. And he watched him go up to be with God, or to ascend into heaven to be with the Father, and with a promise that one day he is coming again. He realized the whole power of God. And he knew, hey, I can't be bold on my own, but with his power, I can be bold. Don't be a cowardly Christian. Be a bold Christian. Realize the power of God. Next, we see Peter and John walking by a gate called Beautiful. And there's a beggar there. He's lame. He cannot walk. And he said, he's asking them for money. And Peter says, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give unto thee. And Peter gave that man something way more valuable than gold and way more precious than silver. He gave that man Jesus Christ. Now, he healed that man in the name of Jesus Christ. I think it's safe to say that Peter is walking pretty close with the Lord if he could heal a man from being lame. But also, that Peter could have walked by that man and said, I don't have time for you. I don't have time to mess with you today. But instead, he walks over to that man and heals him. Now, he could have easily said, I don't, I don't care about helping that man. But he didn't just care about getting close to God himself. He cared about bringing others to Jesus as well. We need to have a, a want to be all about soul winning and bringing people close to Jesus. Next, we see that he dies a martyr. He dies for the cause of Christ. I think it's safe to say that he was done compromising. Now, I don't know if during the altar call if y'all have anybody come play or what, but if they do, they can come right now. I only have a few more words to say and I'll be done. If you're here today and you're struggling with being a careless Christian, you've been, you're like, I'm not where I need to be. Come to the cross. He will or, and draw closer to God. He will purify your heart. If you're here today and you say, I've been a cowardly Christian, come to the cross. He will give you strength. If you're here today and you say, I've been a compromising Christian, 
come to the cross. Or the Bible says, actually, the Bible says, in this world, in the, in the world, ye shall have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Come to the cross. He will give you peace. Now there's one point that I didn't fit in here because Peter was never one of these. But don't be a counterfeit Christian. And Titus 1 and verse 16, it says, they, pros- they profess that they know God, but in, but in works they deny Him. The God, Jesus says, Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven. If we're, when we fail at these three things, sometimes we need to think, or sometimes we should go, have we actually met God? Sometimes when we fall, it's because we haven't actually met God. Don't be a counterfeit Christian. Come to the cross. He will save you, and He will cleanse you, and He will make you whole. Pastor Rob. Pretty clear tonight. And kind of fits along with this morning's message, doesn't it? We fizz for a while, we go up like a rocket, but we come down like a rock. We come to Jesus and we're close to Him and then we get out into the world and we just want to be careless. A lot of people want fire insurance, but they don't want to change life. Huh? And then the peer pressure that I say don't just come to young people, it comes to adults alike. All of a sudden, if we're not careful, we move out of that carelessness as a Christian into that compromising Christian. And it won't be long that you move from careless to compromising to a coward. But there's one thing worse than that, kind of like this morning. When you neglect your salvation, you lose your joy, you lose your witness, you lose your blessing. But if you're a lost person, and you neglect salvation, you lose your soul. So there is something worse than being a casual Christian. There is something worse than being a compromising Christian. Those are bad enough, folks. There is something worse than being a cowardly Christian, and that's being a counterfeit Christian. Meaning you're a Christian in name only. You profess Him, but you don't possess Him. The Christian life is not just something you profess. It's someone that you possess. Let's all stand. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I want you to think about what was preached to you tonight. As they continue to play, I want you to think about Am I as close to Jesus as I once was? Or has my Christian life just... Have I been just a little careless in my walk with the Lord? And if the Holy Spirit puts His finger on that of a careless Christian and on that being you, won't you step out? Won't you use these altars?
to purify your heart, to draw near to God and let Him draw near to you. Do we have anybody that needs a closer walk with Jesus tonight? It can start by taking a step into these altars. Anybody compromised lately? Compromise the Word of God. Altars are open. Anybody not sharing their faith? Fear of rejection? Fear of what they'll think of you? Altars are open. Father, have Your way in the hearts of us, Your people. Father, if there's a soul that needs to be saved, I pray they come tonight. Father, let us use this evening service to pray for our country, to pray for our lost friends and our lost family members. Let us use this service, dear Lord.